All right, Justin, I have been waiting a long time to say this. Day. Oh, yeah. Woo. It is, in the wise words of Alan Cutler, Justin, it is a great day to be a Bengals fan. Welcome to the Welcome to the Jungle podcast. I'm Alex Frank, Justin Cashman on the phones. I'm here in the uh, iHeart Studios recording this. Justin's on his phone. Justin, you and I were both at the game today. Wow. Uh, <laughs> we, we paid for four quarters. We got five, four and two thirds, really, because overtime's only 10 minutes. But Justin, the Bengals winning the game at the gun in overtime. Evan McPherson, game-winning 33-yard field goal. The Bengals are 1-0. Justin, I'll throw it to you. What are your initial thoughts from this thrilling game in Cincinnati today? And I don't know if you can tell over the uh, phone, but my uh, voice is a little raspy because I think I was yelling and screaming so much. Um, that was probably the most electric game, Bengals game, that I've ever been to. Um, Joe Burrow is back. That's all I can say. 20 of 27, 261 yards, two touchdowns. Jamar Chase, he quieted the critics. Everyone's talking about how he can't catch the ball and then how he's saying that he can't catch the NFL ball because it's not the same as the college ball. Um, a lot of people giving him crap this past week for that. And, you know, he came out, played great, had a touchdown, over 100 yards. That's exactly what you wanted to see from Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase this season. Jamar Chase was drafted, obviously, number five to be that over-the-top guy because neither T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd were necessarily that kind of guy, that kind of player. And Jamar Chase is exactly that. They saw it at LSU, and then it translated right over here to the NFL. So it was awesome. Alex, I think that there's kind of something that not a lot of people talked about. Um, You know, everyone's excited. It's the first game of the year. No one wants to talk about poor decisions or, uh, you know, guys playing bad because they're just excited after being away for so long. Um, you know, Alex, I think I was a little worried about the offensive line today, not necessarily in the run game, but in the pass game. I mean, Joe Burrow was sacked five times. And, yeah, I know uh, this. it's the first game. You got to give them the benefit of the doubt. They haven't worked together very much. So you got, you got a new piece in Riley Reef. Um, they got to get their chemistry right. But five sacks, and then after one of those sacks, Joe Burrow got up limping. And I don't, I don't know about you, Alex, but I was frightened. He was limping. He ended up running off the field under his own power, so that was awesome to see. And he ended up being fine, came back in. But, um, you know, enough of those hits, and hopefully, I mean, hopefully we don't have another, um, you know, 2020 season where Joe Burrow got hurt. But, um, you know, I'm excited. I think the defense played well. Uh, the offense played pretty good. Um, it's just the offensive line. I, I think it's still bothering me a little bit, even though all off season we talked about how they made improvements. Um, you know, I have no doubt that they will get better. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, getting that um, the games under their belt. Yeah, you're right, Justin, and that's a good observation. They're the offensive line, five sacks, and that's why this win is a really good kind of win because you can get better. This team can only get better, and they're, and they're already 1-0, so they have a cushion. They have momentum, you know. It's going to make them want to come in to work every day this week, practice leading up to the Bears game. And right now, the Bears, I mean, my God, they're about to go down 17 to nothing at the time that we are recording this, uh, playing on Sunday Night Football against the Rams. Bengals, Bears next week, week two. But going back to today's game, you're right. The offensive line in, in pass protection, they struggle. Joe Burrow at times was heavily pressured. And, you know, I, I can understand you being frightened when he came off the field limping. I mean, that's something you don't want to see. And, he was on the bike several times, uh, twice from my vantage point at the game today. Um, but let me tell you something. He's he's a warrior. He's resilient. And 
for him to go out there, you know, third possession of overtime and make that call, that audible at the line of scrimmage on fourth and inches. And I'll tell you something right now. You can say the offensive line was not very good today, and it wasn't. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There was there was pressure throughout the game and at various points. But when they, when they needed to, the offensive line held up. The touchdown to T. Higgins, the protection was solid. The, touchdown, uh, the fourth down conversion to Uzama, the protection was there. The protection has to be there if you're going to run that play when Uzama delays. I think he delayed and then he pops out middle of the field. you got to be able to protect the quarterback. So, yeah, it struggled. But when they needed to, Joe, they kept Joe Burrow upright. And I would say, Justin, and we'll transition, for the most part, the Bengals dominated the line of scrimmage today. They did, especially their defensive line did great. Trey Hendrickson, obviously new acquisition from New Orleans. He played great, and even though he didn't get his hands on the quarterback, uh, most of the plays, he was still creating a lot of pressure. Larry Ogunjobi, man, what a pickup he was. He was fantastic. One sack, six, uh, one sack, six total tackles, uh, two tackles for loss. He was a force inside, kind of looked like Geno Atkins. Um, you know, I think our defensive line played very, very well. Only held Davin, Dalvin Cook to only 61 yards on 20 carries. And I think th- the last time he had that many yards, that few yards was 2019. So I think that's saying something about our stout defensive line and how much we've revamped it in the off season. I think it's just a culture that Zach Taylor is making these guys buy into. DJ reader was a force. It's glad to, we're glad to have him back. Obviously BJ Hill was obviously a huge uh, key in this game. Uh, we traded him obviously in that Billy price trade. He had two sacks, so he was awesome. But yeah, you were right. The offensive line situationally, they played well, but throughout the game, they did give up a lot of pressure. But, Alex, let me tell you this right now. The last couple of years, the Bengals, you know, they have close games. They come down to the wire, and what happens? We always lose those games. There's never a time in my head where I'm like, oh, well, we're going to win this game because, um, you know, it's, that's just how it's been the last couple of years. And they don't have that winning mentality, and they didn't have that taste of winning, so they didn't know, they didn't know what it takes to win those uh, games in those key moments. And I think this might be – the game that turns it all around. I think this is a start of something very, very big. If they can finish out this game, a game that they led 21 to seven, eventually went in overtime, tied at 24, and looked like they were they were on the ropes. They looked like they were going to lose up until a Dalvin Cook fumble, and then Evan McPherson obviously banged it in for the game-winning field goal. Um, and I think that just shows the resilience of this team, the culture, the mentality that they all have that they want to win and play for each other and play for Zach Taylor. Um, not something that we've seen in years past, but I think we've heard it all offseason that the culture and the people in the building all have bought in to what Zach Taylor is preaching, what this organization is trying to do, and we saw it today. And there's a moment in time where I thought, you know, we are probably going to lose, but then they proved me wrong, and that's not something they've done very often. That's something that I was uh, very happy about. And so if they can continue to do that, hopefully not have uh, their backs against the wall like the, how they did before the Dalvin Cook fumble, but – um, you know, if they do get in those situations, hopefully they can do what they did today and force that fumble and then end up turning into points in the, the game-winning field goal. At what point did you allow yourself to think that, you know what, maybe they are going to win this game? Well, throughout the first half, you know, I thought the offense played well. The defense played very well. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins kept him in check. Dalvin Cook kept him in check. Um, you know, I thought going to halftime, I thought, well, you know, if the Bengals can continue to play like this, um, you know, they're obviously going to win 
pretty fairly, and then they came back. The Vikings did, and I, you know, throughout the whole fourth quarter, I was thinking in my head, oh, man, I don't know, I don't know if it's going to happen. And then we went into overtime, um, and then you know, when the Vikings were driving down the ball, uh, driving the ball down the field, I thought, man, we're going to lose. And then um, we got that fumble back, and then once we got that fumble back, I had no doubt in my mind that we were going to score points. I think wow. that meant that killer mentality by Joe Burrow. In that late game moment, in those big key moments, just that pressure on him. He wanted that pressure. He wanted to feel that pressure. He wanted the ball in his hands in that moment with only a minute and a half left. And he drove him down the field and he threw that big fourth and one pass to CJ Uzama, a ballsy call by Zach Taylor. Uh, props to him. I think that was an amazing call. Um, you know, could have very easily gone the other way, but it worked out. CJ Uzama made the catch and, you know, Evan McPherson, rookie kicker, banged it in in his first ever NFL game. Yeah, first career game-winning drive led by Joe Burrow. Uh, and, and, you know, this is what makes quarterbacks great. And we had this conversation in the offseason of when we are going to, you know, look at Joe Burrow from the point of, is he leading this team to victory? And today he did. And that's one of the many reasons why, Justin, this win is so is so great for the Bengals because – you know, last year we were, you know, it, it was a bunch of moral victories. But I think coming into this season, it was, okay, no moral victories. This is a game the Bengals should win. And quite honestly, Justin, I, I never thought, and I, I, you know, thinking back, I the Vikings never had control of this game. They, they were taken out of their rhythm in the first quarter because the Bengals were just simply not letting Dalvin Cook get free. They got to Kirk Cousins twice in the first quarter, and they... They put the, you know, they forced the Vikings to put the ball into Kirk Cousins' hands. And I said this in my preview blog post. If Kirk Cousins, if the if the Bengals, you know, force Kirk Cousins to win this game himself for Minnesota, that's a good thing. He almost did. And if that had happened, you would have tipped your cap and moved on. But the best the best part about this is the Bengals came away with the win and they executed their game plan beautifully. There were some flaws. Eli Apple did not have a great game. Let's get that out of the way. My God, Adam Thielen toasted him. Um, Justin Jefferson had his, had his share of catches. He was held in check, though, most of the time. The defense did get to Joe Burrow. We mentioned that already. Five sacks. Daniel Hunter had a sack. But you think about what this team was able to do offensively. Very balanced game plan. And Joe Burrow, Justin, how many, how many pass attempts again did Joe Burrow have today? 27. 27. How many rush attempts did Joe Mixon have? 29. Oh. Oh. When was the last time we said that? Wait. It's been a long time, probably since 2018. Wait, so you're saying that the Bengals ran the ball more times than they passed? Oh, yeah. What? Amazing. Amazing, Justin, how that actually can work and lead a team to victory. See, Justin, here's why Frank Pollock was such a great addition. And Pollock's going to get this offensive line to play better, I think. Frank Pollock is also this team's run game coordinator. The last time he was here, the last year he was here, prior to this year, 2018, uh, Joe Mixon led the AFC in rushing yards. Well, today Joe Mixon had 127 yards rushing and a touchdown. And in the fourth quarter, and had the Bengals closed the game out then, we would have been talking about him being the reason why the Bengals closed out the game because on that final drive, he was gaining yards. And in the second half, he was gaining yards. And you, you you talk about that wide zone run scheme. Someone called in today to, to post-game sports talk here on ESPN 1530. This podcast is not on ESPN 1530, but 
I'm sitting in the 1530 studios. So on ESPN 1530, someone called in a post-game sports talk. And they said, well, I wish Joe Mixon would bounce outside more on his rush attempts. Um, He did. That's what the wide zone run scheme allows him to do because you see offensive linemen pull. How many times? There was a play where Xavier Suafilo pulled and, you know, put on a great block. I believe there was a play when Trey Hopkins had a great block. He pulled. That's what this wide zone run scheme does. It stretches the field. It allows Mixon, who has very good lateral agility, to bounce outside and utilize the edge. It doesn't have to be straight up the middle. That's what Joe Mixon gives you, and that's what this offensive line coach and Frank Pollock is going to give you with that wide zone run scheme, and that's why he had so much success today because he didn't have to go right into the teeth of the defense. He was able to get outside, force a safety to come down to make a play, force a corner to come down to make a play. There was one play, uh, he completely juked out Harrison Smith, who's one of the best safeties in the game. So just a great balanced attack offensively today. You didn't make Joe Burrow throw the ball 40 times a game. You eased him back into a regular season game. And I'll tell you what, for the most part, I mean, 20 of 27. I mean, Seven, only seven incompletions. Look at it that way. It's impressive. No, I, I completely agree. And something that I was thinking about after the game was, uh, if you think back to 2018, and you think about when this team played at home against Tampa Bay, um, Jameis Winston, I think, threw three or four picks, one including a pick six by Jesse Bates. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in. Um, you know, Bengals were up big. Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in, leads this team back, ties the game. Uh, and I can't remember if it went to overtime or not. Um, I want to say it did. But the Bengals ended up coming, uh, you know, winning the game on a Randy Bullock field goal. And, you know, obviously we won, and that was awesome. But at the end of the game, everyone kind of seemed like it was a win, but it was a game that we expected to win in a different way. And during today's game, I was kind of thinking back to that. I was like, hmm, that's kind of like how today is. We were up big. The Vikings came back. We almost lost in overtime, but we ended up winning on a field goal. And then I thought to myself, this is completely different. This is completely different. Back in 2018, they're in the very last part of Marvin Lewis's career with the Cincinnati Bengals. They had a very, they had a completely different roster. Of, they have much better players now, a different coach, and a whole different culture. And I'm thinking to myself, even though it was kind of the same scenario with what happened in Tampa Bay, it's a completely different feel because it's a new season. It's, we're 1-0. And we have new guys who are excited about being a part of the team, coaches who are excited about the players who are playing for them, a guy, a quarterback, who's the savior of this franchise and hopefully um, you know, someone that's going to be around here for a very long time. Um, so it's just, I think it's a lot different than years past because even though we pull this one you know, out of our hat like a magician, it, it just feels different and it feels good because I think this is the start of what could be a huge run for this team because you think now – we have Chicago, who, like you mentioned, is on the ropes against L.A., and then we have at, on the road against Pittsburgh, which is, I think is a very winnable game, and then at home versus the Jaguars. So this could be a huge momentum gainer and uh, maybe the start of a really big winning streak. I'm just going to throw this out there. You, I mean, you're seeing what the Bears are doing right now down, thir- down 13 to nothing. Did you see what happened? Did you see the Jaguars get absolutely boat raced by Houston today? Oh, yeah. That was bad. And – Houston, I mean, we thought they were going to be the worst team in in the league coming into this year. Eh, maybe not. Um, and that's a really interesting point to bring up there, Justin, comparing this game to that Tampa Bay game in 2018. Um, in, but I think you also have to remember this, and I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna post this question to you here in a minute. But think about this: the Vikings got seven points because the Bengals went for it on fourth down 
from their own from their own 30 yard line and the Vikings had great field position and they got a, a touchdown on fourth and four to their best receiver so that's seven points the Bengals the Bengals ensuing drive started out well stalled at around the 35 yard line McPherson banks a 53 yard field goal how huge was that very uh, the Vikings score in their next possession and then yeah you know that final drive they go 60 yards um from their own five yard line. You have to remember this though. Um excuse me, Kirk Cousins, say what you want about him. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's great. I think he's above average though. Or maybe average. I, I do think he's good statistically, and he showed that today. Um he made he made some tough throws. And when you're playing in a two minute you know, this this defense is still gonna have to work on some things, but here's the thing. You know, yes, they blew a 14-point second-half lead. But, Justin, they were resilient. They made a play when it mattered most. And, worth noting, Jesse Bates made the play. You know, he you know, he didn't have, he didn't stuff the stat sheet today. I'll point that out. But, when the game was on the line, I mean, if you, you think about in that situation. And here's what I love about this. You know, I tweeted, why is Zach Taylor coaching for a tie. He took the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands at the beginning of overtime. I mean, Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow. First overall pick for a reason. He threw 60 touchdowns his final year in college. He was a, He's a legend at LSU. Okay. So, you know, at that point, with the Vikings on, what, the 38-yard line, I believe? And the Bengals, they could have just played not to lose and for a tie. No, they went for winning plays. Jesse Bates stripping the ball. And then Joe Burrow's audible at the line of scrimmage, hits C.J. Uzama 32 yards. Bengals, instead of losing or just playing for a tie, win the game. And to your point, Justin, that's a testament to the culture change that has been going on in this organization for the last two years. Now, Justin, let me ask you this, because it was talked about in the postgame show on 1530. We're going to talk about it right now. Fourth and one from your own 30-yard line. In that situation, up 14 with all of the momentum offensively, you just got a 15-yard play to Jamar Chase. Are you are you agreeing with Zach Taylor in his decision to go for it in, in that situation? I do agree, and I and I completely understand why people wouldn't because it, you're on your own 30-yard line, you're up by 14, you have a bunch of momentum, and it's fourth and one. Why you could easily just punt it away, hope that your defense can get a stop, which for the most part of the day they were able to. Um, but you know, Zach Taylor, he's not that type of guy. You know, he wants those he wants the ball in Joe Burrow's hands in the big moments on that fourth and one, even though they're at their own thirty, he has that trust and he has that confidence in Joe Burrow that he can complete a pass or, you know, he can perfectly execute a play so that they can get a first down. And yeah, Joe Mixon slipped on the play and he, you know, didn't quite get the first down, but you know, I think it'd be very different if we lost this game. If we had lost this game, we'd be looking back and, you know, maybe I'd say that was a terrible idea, but we won. We won the game. And so looking back now, I'm like, you know, I do like the decision. Um, Zach Taylor, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that it's, it's cool to see him want to go for the fourth downs and want to see him, you know, make these big plays, um, you know, in these particular moments. Uh, but I think once they don't work often, I think that he'll learn his uh, lesson. But, you know, hopefully it doesn't get to that point. But, no, I do agree with him. I would have gone for the fourth down. It's only a fourth and one, and Joe Mixon is having a great day and obviously had over 120 rushing yards. So I don't blame him at all. 
No, and it, and it wasn't a great play call. I mean, it was a run to the outside, so you're already starting behind the line of scrimmage, and you got to find a way to turn a field. I would have gone for a run up the middle. I would have gone for a quarterback sneak. I would have gone for a rollout and hit Mixon, maybe Boyd, whomever, maybe Higgins or Thomas on the sidelines. I don't know if Higgins was in the game at that point. Uh, he did get an IV treatment during the game, I, I believe, a dehydration from what I was told. But yeah, Justin, you're right. I, I, I totally agree. I totally understand his thinking there. I would have gone for it as well because you think about, I mentioned all of the momentum on your side. The last three possessions were touchdowns for the Bengals. I mean, they were clicking offensively at that point. They were in rhythm. I, Burrow wasn't getting sacked. Mixon was getting going. Higgins was, you know, establishing himself on the perimeter. The touchdown to Jamar Chase, which we'll get to Jamar Chase in a minute, was phenomenal. You have an opportunity right there to keep Minnesota's defense on the field that was already struggling. I'm all for it in that situation. You punt the ball, yeah, the Vikings probably won't have great field position. But then you have to put your defense back on the field, who had already had to work a lot to that point. Why not keep them rested on the sidelines, continue to bleed clock, um, you know, turnover on downs came with 3.20 left in the third quarter. If the Bengals convert there, the Vikings are on their heels in that situation. And you think about how the last possession ended. Jesse Bates puts a boom on K.J. Osborne. Was it K.J. Osborne? Let me confirm that. Uh, uh, yes, it was K.J. Osborne. So that forces a punt. Um, then... You get a 15-yard pass on 3rd and 16 to Jamar Chase. 4th and 1, yes, the logical decision would be to punt. But as we saw today with Zach Taylor, and here's the thing. They went for it on 4th and 1 on their last possession prior to that. Remember that, Justin? They went for it on 4th down on their 3rd touchdown drive? Uh-huh. Yeah, I do. Okay. So, I was thinking, too, they should go for it. And they did. This is We have seen that Zach Taylor is aggressive. We've questioned the last two years, what's what's his identity as a head coach? What's this team's identity, you know, on the field? Look, they're going to be aggressive. And they were today. Now, I, there were some points in the game that I question if they were. You run Joe Mixon on third and four, the first play out of the two-minute warning in the fourth quarter. I'm probably maybe running the pass in that situation, an easy pass play or high com- high percent completion pass rate, a pass play, excuse me. Um, Joe Burrow, you know, had the ball, I thought, taken out of his hands at the start of overtime. It looked like they were playing for a tie, but it took something like a fumble to get the ball back into Joe Burrow's hands and him to go win a game, and he did just that, leading a game-winning drive, realizing that, hey, we're against the clock here, we don't have, we only have one timeout. We need to, you know, go here. And they did. And to their credit, to his credit and the Bengals' credit, you know, when they needed to be aggressive, they were. Now, yes, you know, if it had come back to bite them, like you mentioned, maybe he rethinks it. He says he would have gone for it either way. I like what he's saying because I would have done the same thing. But. You know, and that's why this win's so great because there are still so many there are so still so many things this team can improve on. And I think as a head coach, if you're I mean, if you're a player and your head coach 
is saying, okay, we have a fourth and one, we have a fourth and two, even if we're deep in our own territory at the 30-yard line, that, I think that just speaks a lot of confidence in the, you know, the, in the trust that you have in your own players. Because if I'm a player and my coach says, you know, we're going to go for the fourth and one, and if we don't get it, I trust in this defense and I have co- enough confidence in my defense that if we don't convert the fourth and one, that they can go out there and get a stop and hold them to a field goal at the worst. So I think as a player, I think that's awesome to have a guy who believes in you and trusts in you that much because he knows that you can go out there and make those plays, and they prove that they can make those plays. You know, they went out there and made a lot of plays today. They only forced one turnover, which was that Dalvin Cook fumble, but still, they made a lot of big hits, a lot of big tackles in the backfield, and a lot of plays when it needed them the most. And it also speaks to the offense because you have a such good trio of wide receivers in Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins, and then you also have Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow that – you don't have to feel necessarily uncomfortable going for it on that fourth and one. Maybe for some other teams who don't have the offensive weapons, yeah, you might not feel as comfortable going for it on fourth and one. But with this group of guys, even even if I'm Zach Taylor, I have all the confidence in the world because I know that these guys, these guys are as good as anybody in the league, even if it's a young group, even if they're some of the youngest guys in the NFL. It doesn't matter because they've already proven in T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow to some extent that they can make those plays and do it at the highest level because they've done it already. They did it last season. And then adding Jamar Chase, and you have another weapon, and he played great today. So, yeah, I think it's awesome to have a, co- a coach that believes in you and not just wants to punt it every single time you get to the fourth down, that actually wants to give the offense a chance to convert that and then go score more points. You know what else that, you know what else that fourth down play did was it forced the Vikings to go for it on fourth down. I think I think he put something in Mike Zimmer's head, Zach Taylor, when he went for a fourth down. Yes, it didn't work out, but that prompted Mike Zimmer to go for it on fourth down. I didn't think they were going to. I thought they were going to take some points, but they did. And yeah, they ended up converting. They got a touchdown off of it. But Justin, I mean, think about it. You don't get the fourth down, and you're thinking the Vikings are going to take advantage. They get a touchdown, but... They had to get it on fourth down, and they got it to their best receiver against a really good slot corner in Mike Hilton. I think you tip your cap and move on, right? No, I completely agree. I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to pay your best players against their best players, and that's not wins. It's the NFL. You're not always going to win every single rep, but at least give your guys a chance to make those plays. And even, even if it doesn't work out, hope that it does the next drive. And if it doesn't work then, then try it again. Because if you start putting your guys in the positions where they may they feel like the coach doesn't trust them, then they're not going to have trust in themselves because then every single time they run out and they're like, well, coach didn't want me to do this the last time, then or you know maybe I messed up last time, then why am I going to have any confidence in myself that I can do it this time? You're right. Um, Adam Thielen, by the way, in today's game for Minnesota, he was their leading receiver and obviously a big concern. Uh, for the Bengals secondary, uh, nine receptions, 92 yards, and two touchdowns, excuse me. So, listen, I mean, look, the Vikings got most of their production f- from their best receiver. And, again, if they had gone on to win the game, I think, I, I think the way the stats turned out for Minnesota and the way the game turned out, the Bengals' defense shutting down the Vikings' run game and forcing Kirk Cousins to throw the ball 49 times, I think if they had gone on to win, you tip your cap and you move on because they they were forced to rely heavily on Cousins' arm and their best receiver. 
And in spite of them having really good performances, it was the Bengals who came out victorious. And I think that, you know, you're obviously going to hopefully, well, hopefully you're going to get Trey Wings back later on in the season and hopefully cut down on those, uh, uh, you know, passing yards. But I think the defense did what they needed to do. They did enough. Um, you know, obviously they won the game, so they did just enough. Um, but obviously you don't want to see a guy, Adam Thielen, go for 92 yards and two touchdowns. Um, but considering how good this offense is with Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and Dalvin Cook, I think that they actually did a really good job. Yeah, it's nine catches, 92 yards, and two touchdowns, but you're, you're supposed to be cornerback one, and Trey Waynes isn't playing. And then you have a guy in Jalen Davis who is primarily a practice squad guy coming in there as your backup if anybody were to come out. Eli Apple didn't play very well. Uh, you know, he bounced from team to team. So you don't have the best situation at corner. Uh, I do think Shadobi Awuzie played great, but hopefully Trey Waynes comes back and, you know, maybe they play a little bit better on the back end. But at least you have two guys in Von Bell and Jesse Bates that if you give up a big pass, you know those guys are going to make the sure tackle. I thought Shadobi Awuzie played phenomenal, phenomenally today against Justin Jefferson. And Jefferson was the guy I was mainly concerned about. Five receptions. For 71 yards, long reception of 34. He had his moments. I'm not going to deny that. But for the most part, I thought Abouzier did a fantastic job. And like I mentioned, the Vikings, I never felt like they were in control of this game. Yeah, they went up 7 to nothing. But Justin, think about this. They go up 7 to nothing, And what do the Bengals do on their next possession? It woke them up. That was like Joe Burrow saying, okay, it's time to go here. You know, they had been given some multiple possessions with great field position, and they had not done anything. I think to that point, when the Vikings were up 7 to nothing, they had one first down in that game, So in the game. So the Vikings get um, the Vikings get a touchdown, 14 plays, traveling 91 yards. Okay, so here's the next Bengals possession. Joe Mixon, 12-yard reception, 2-yard run by Samaj P. Ryan, another run for a minus one yard you're thinking oh my god third down and nine with 443 to go in the second quarter burrow hits chase 17 yards let me ask you a question how nervous were you when you saw the ball go in chase's direction i was very nervous and i don't know if it's that's just the media getting to me hearing everything going on twitter every single day and saying oh well jamar chase he can't catch a ball and there it's like a bunch of my friends were texting me this week they're like oh is jamar chase gonna even be able to catch the ball like is he even going to be playing the NFL because, you know, he can regularly catch a NFL ball, but only a college ball, like all that kind of stuff. So I think that kind of got to me a little bit. So when the ball was going in his direction, I was like, oh, God, if he drops this, I can't imagine what the reaction from the crowd is going to be. Um, especially if the media is going to go insane with that. But, he, you know, he caught it and he came down with it. And I was like, it was just like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. And I know I'm sure it was for him, too. But as a fan, being able to see that after hearing all the stuff he's been through this past couple of weeks and through the preseason, it was, a, it was a weight off my shoulders. You heard former Bengals wide receiver TJ Hushmanzada talk with Dan Horde earlier this week. He thought it was all mental. It was nothing physical. And when asked by Dan Horde, Hushmanzada, when he was asked, you know, when is it? When are the drops going to stop? And Hushmanzada had a very good answer. He said, "When when Jamar Chase stops thinking," and. I, I think today you saw Jamar Chase go out there, run his routes. The ball comes. He is he was ready to catch the football. He's not thinking. He's just doing what he does. And, and Justin, think about this. That was his first regular season game or postseason game 
in almost two years. And he puts up a performance of five receptions, led the team. 101 yards, led the team. Had a touchdown. For a rookie, for for a Bengals rookie wide receiver, I mean, Mo Egger tweeted a, a few hours ago, you know, how many rookie wide receivers have had better performances than Jamar Chase had today? And this is exactly why the Bengals drafted him. You know, you can take the, I mean, I don't know if you, I don't know if I want to say you can take the five sacks that Joe Burrow had today or the Vikings defense had today. But if you, if you draft the guy in Jamar Chase and if the offensive line can improve, which I think they will, and he's going to, and Chase is going to give you that kind of performance most weeks. I think you have to take it, and you have to say that Bengals got it right in the first round this year, right? I, I completely agree. I mean, I wanted Jamar Chase from the beginning. Yeah, Panay Sewell, I think that's obviously a – either way, it would have been a really good pick. Panay Sewell would have been a good pick. But, I mean, I, he struggled from what, everything I've heard in Detroit so far. I'm, I'm honestly not sure how he did in today's game. But in the preseason, he struggled a lot. And I think a lot of people – sorry, my voice is cracking. He's having a little trouble there. But I think a lot of people also downplay how good this Minnesota defensive line is. It's very good. Michael Pierce, Daniil Hunter, those are two guys who made a huge impact on this game. Not even to mention Eric Kendricks, who's one of the best linebackers in the league. And then this is a little weird to say, but Nick Vigil actually was very good today. He had a sack, 10 tackles. Uh, I know a lot of people were kind of excited when they said Anthony Barr was out and that Nick Vigil would be starting because they're like, oh, we're just going to. We're just going to run it right at him, and he's not going to be able to do anything because, for the most part, he wasn't able to in Cincinnati. But this is actually a very good defense. And so the fact that they were able to do that, yeah, five sacks sucks, but the fact that the offense was able to play that well was, I mean, I think it's a testament to how good they can be. And I don't even think they're at their best. It's the first game of the season. And, yeah, you had the three preseason games, but they're still working out their kinks. Joe Burrow only played a few snaps in the third preseason game. He's still working everything out. And he still needs to figure out that chemistry with everybody because he missed so much time last year. And so once they get that down, I think this could be easily a top five offense in the entire NFL, if not the best. Yeah, you mentioned that. And what comes to mind when you say that is the the incompletion of Michael Thomas to Mike Thomas. It was a great design. Protection was there. Thomas was wide open. And it was it, Burrow missed him. It wasn't a horrible throw. It just wasn't a, a good throw. Um but, man, how about the touchdown to Jamar Chase? 50 yards on a line, beautifully thrown. Chase catches it in stride. What's your reaction to that? Oh, my God. I was going insane. You should have seen me in the stands. I was going insane. I mean, that, I mean, not the, I mean, yeah, the 15-yard completion to Jamar Chase, that first pass was a weight off my shoulders. But then when I saw him streaking down the sideline, it was reminiscent of the LSU days. It literally reminded me of Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase in the national championship against Clemson, throwing it down the sideline for an easy touchdown. He just burned the corner. And that was awesome to see. And you mentioned how TJ Hujimanzada, he said, it's just a mental thing with the drops. It's not a confidence or it's not a um, physical thing. It's not because he doesn't have the physical tools. He has all the physical tools. He has the speed. He has the route running. He has all of that. It's just all in his head. And he has the confidence in himself. It's just a matter of, okay, we need to go out and do it on the biggest stage, week one, get one catch out of the way. Okay, now he has his confidence back. His teammates are hyping him up. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, um, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, they're all over there hyping him up, telling him that you can do this. Don't listen to the haters. You have to trust yourself, and you have to trust everything that you've ever done to get to this point. And then when that happens, that touchdown, it just provides so much swagger and so much confidence for this offense because 
it's just it's just a culmination of everything we've heard up to this point, and then it actually happens, and it's just like we can actually do this. This offense might actually be what everyone says it could be. It validated every reason why you wanted Jamar Chase. It validated every reason why I wanted Jamar Chase. This offense, and by the way, Tyler Boyd only had three receptions today for 32 yards. Once he gets going, try stopping this offense. It won't be easy. Like, uh, Chicago's going to have their hands full, I think. Pittsburgh, I think I think they might have an advantage because we we know how good they are defensively and what they did to Buffalo, what they did at Buffalo today was exceptional. Jacksonville, I, I think you're fine. Green Bay, uh, did you see what happened to them today? Because let me tell you, yeah. This- I don't think anybody was expecting Jameis Winston to come out and throw and throw five touchdowns. And then I, I remember at one point I looked at the stats and it said 93 yards, but four touchdowns. I was like, what? And I, I, no one was expecting that. Not a single person. No. I mean, the, the, the sky might be falling in Green Bay tomorrow. I mean, it, it was an embarrassment for the Packers. So, I mean, you never know. I mean, now if the Bengals play like they did today against Green Bay, you never know. And, and that's, why, that's why winning this game is so important, Justin. We talk about generating momentum. We talk about setting a tone. I talked about this in my blog post, setting a tone in the early part of the season. You're able to beat a team like Minnesota, and you mentioned it, that we underestimated their their defensive line. It is really good. By the way, their head coach is named Mike Zimmer. You might remember him here from here in Cincinnati when he was the Bengals' defensive coordinator. His defensive lines were phenomenal. And in Minnesota, they have Daniil Hunter, who, by the way, because you didn't see him play last year, opted out due to COVID-19 concerns, 14 and a half sacks in 2018 and 2019, and 12 and a half in 2016. He had a sack today. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson was a free agent signing. Michael Pierce, DJ Vonham, or Wanham, excuse me. I always forget if it's a W or a V. Anyway, you get the point. They have so many players up front. And Eric Hendricks was was incredible today. Nick Vigil, former Bengal, was all over the field today. I mean, those guys were tackling machines. Uh, I didn't think Harrison, Harrison Smith did have make some plays today, but I thought for the most part he wasn't a huge factor in the game for the Vikings, and I mean, he's one of the best safeties in the league. He just got paid a huge contract extension. Um, but it just, to me, when you talk about being a team like Minnesota, now we know this team can be Chicago, similar to Minnesota, to Minnesota. And then Pittsburgh, you know, who's, I mean, they are probably a better version of Minnesota and Chicago but playing Minnesota and Chicago will prepare this team for that test in week three. And setting a tone that this team is going to go out and compete, that's what you want to see. That's what gets this fan base excited. It generates momentum. There's a positive vibe now at the start of the season. No moral victories, no close losses, no pressure going into week two. No. Build off of this today. See what happens in Chicago. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying play with house money. It's a game that they they should win. But there's momentum here, Justin. There's tangible, palpable momentum and excitement. Winning a game like they should have won today in the fashion in which they did, pulling one out, finding a way, making plays, that's why this win, it feels like a different day. I don't want to say a new day. But a different day. Maybe this is a different team and a different culture than what we've seen the last two years. 
maybe Zach Taylor didn't know what he was doing all along. Today is maybe a part part of that fruits of the labor that we that he has been working on the last two years. Maybe it is. What do you think? I think the biggest thing for this team right now, it's such a young team. And, yeah, you sprinkle in some veterans here and there, but for the most part, it's a very young team, especially on offense. The biggest thing right now is to worry about going 1-0 every week. Never get ahead of yourself. It's easy for us to right now to say, oh, well, you got Pittsburgh week three on the road. Oh, you got Green Bay and Kansas City coming here later on in the year. Um, you know, those are big games, so you know maybe we have to prepare a certain way. No, you got to get ready for week two against Chicago. Don't worry about anything else other than what's ahead of you tomorrow or next week. You just got to worry about going 1-0 every week. And, you know, you go to Twitter and you see Joe Mixon and all these other Bengals players just saying 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. And that's important because they, that's, you just know that this team is not getting ahead of themselves and they're just worried about what they have right in front of them. Because if they get ahead of themselves, then they're going to start thinking about it too much. And then that's when things go bad. So as long as you worry about what you have ahead of your, right ahead of yourself, um, worry about what you can control, and that's how you win games. And that's how a young head coach – um, gets a second contract. Yeah, and it's part of this culture. I mean, this is a confident group. Joe Mixon and and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, mainly Joe Mixon. He's the boisterous one on the offense, I think. Uh, this is a confident group. And now that they are winning, or at least for week one, they have won in the early part of the season, in week one to start the season, they're only going to get more confident. But now the challenge is this. Zach Taylor is now going to be coaching a 1-0 team. And you can say it's great because, you know, they've won, which is what we want them to do. But now they got to learn how to play and prepare for a game when they have won the week before to start the season. And they're now going to get some attention. They're going to, teams are actually going to, you know, they're going to prepare. They're going to, you know, get up to play this team. And that's part of the culture change that th- that this team has, has, you know, gone through the last two years. Can this team just, you know, want to know, like you said, Justin, every week, want to know. Don't worry about the next game after the game you're fo- you need to focus on. The only thing that matters right now, a great win today, enjoy it. But tomorrow, you know, go over the film, and then Tuesday, it is on to Chicago. Exactly. I think that is a uh, uh, real quick, Justin, since, you know, this is a Bengals podcast, obviously, but, you know, we can talk about the rest of the NFL. Uh, just some quick thoughts from uh, around the league today that you noticed. Um, I was surprised with uh, how bad. Well, I guess I wasn't surprised. With, the Lions were getting beat up on pretty bad, and they came back and had a chance to tie up the game against the 49ers. Um, I'd say that was pretty impressive. Um, Urban Meyer and the Jaguars do not look very impressive at all a team in the Texans that everyone just kind of expected to run over, and they looked terrible. Um, I was not expecting the Packers to look as bad as they are. Aaron Rodgers got benched for Jordan Love. Um, Jameis Winston looked great. So it's good to see football back on. Um, You know, maybe some teams have some injuries or whatnot, but it's just good to have football back. Um, And I'm just excited for the football season to keep going and chugging along and seeing who's doing good and who's not. You know what else is great to see? Sold-out stadiums. How great is it to see that? Oh, that's the best. Today's atmosphere and environment in the stadium was something that I haven't experienced in so long, and it's something that I don't plan on 
uh, not happen again. Yeah. At, least, uh, hopefully, at least hopefully not. And if, the, and if this Bengals team, as we mentioned, if they can continue to win games, win one of the next two on the road, come back home two and one, they will generate a big crowd for their Ring of Honor game on the 30th. My thoughts from around the league, uh, the biggest the biggest statement I think made today was from Arizona. 38-13 to 13 over Tennessee. I thought Tennessee was one step ahead of them in terms of being a contender. Maybe not. Maybe Arizona is, you know, that team, that next, you know, part of that new guard in the NFC and around the league breaking in. Uh, Kyler Murray was uh, spectacular today. Four touchdown passes, also had a rushing touchdown, was 21-32, of 289. Um, I, I, I was very impressed with them. Uh the game of the week, Cleveland and Kansas City, it lived up to its billing and then some. I will say this. I still think Baker Mayfield is, and I, and I know he made strides last year, but I just don't know if you can, if the, if you can, so, if you can totally rely on him to win these kinds of games. Once again, he did not come through in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's on the road at Kansas City, obviously one of the best teams in the entire NFL, but they had a chance. They were up 22-10, to 10, I believe, in the third quarter. So they had a chance. They could have won that game. Um, but, you know, like you said, I, just, I don't think I'd trust Baker Mayfield in those big-time situations. Maybe he makes those big-time plays against teams that aren't very good, but get, when it comes to real competition, um, he struggles, and it's very obvious. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at this right now on the halftime report of the Sunday Night Football game. They were showing the second-year quarterbacks and their performances today. 4-0. Joe Burrow and the Bengals get a win. How about Justin Herbert and the Chargers? Uh, going to Washington against a very tough defense. Herbert throwing for 337 yards. Uh, Chargers 1-0. Maybe they are as much better as we made them out to be in the offseason. How about the Eagles, Justin? absolutely obliterating the Falcons today in Atlanta, 32 to six Jalen hurts, 264 yards passing. Maybe the Eagles have their quarterback. I thought the Falcons might be a sleeper team for me. I think they have a sneaky good offense. Obviously Matt Ryan, he is what he is. We all know what he is. It's not, he's not going to get astronomically better or worse anytime soon, but you have a guy in Calvin Ridley. Obviously you lost Julio to Tennessee. Um, you have Calvin Ridley. You drafted Kyle Pitts. You have a pretty okay offensive line. Um, you know, I thought this would be a pretty explosive offense, and I was not thinking the Eagles um, would be a very good team this year. But, you know, they're proving us wrong. They went into Atlanta and smacked them, and Jalen Hurts played incredibly well. And, you know, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see the young quarterbacks strive and, um, you, know, make these, you know, make these huge strides in their game. So, you know, good for him, and I'm glad to see that they're doing well. But uh, we'll see if they can keep that momentum going into week two. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's so many, uh, so many other games today. I could, I could go into uh, the Saints. Obviously, just completely obliterated Green Bay. I mean, that wasn't even a game. The game was over by the second quarter. Shockingly, uh, Miami goes into New England and wins. That might have been a surprise. Uh, Denver beats the Giants. Denver might be that sleeper team you talk about, Justin, in the AFC. Maybe they now have their quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater, who I have always been a fan of, and I, and I like him as a quarterback. Yeah, I don't know. It's so hard to say. Any team that kind of has, uh, you know, a, a, a kind of a quarterback dispute going into the season, you don't know who's going to be your quarterback. Sometimes it works out well. Look at Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, he's gone into teams, and they switch out uh, their typical starters for Ryan Fitzpatrick. They played well, and then they immediately start playing poor, and it's very up and down. So, yeah, maybe that looks good for a game, but I'm not sure if they can actually keep that up. You know, it would be awesome to see because Denver obviously hasn't had – 
uh, been very good these last couple of years. But, yeah, it would be awesome to see Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater do well. He's an amazing story, and I'm, I wish nothing but the best for him. Yeah, Broncos want to know. Bengals, of course, will see them in Week 15. Who knows where? I mean, both teams will be by then. Uh, AFC North, the Browns, of course, losing today, losing today to Kansas City. I'm not really going to set the world uh, set the world on fire. The Browns will be fine. They have Houston next week, although Houston looked pretty good today, so you never know there. But I think the Browns will bounce back. Uh, the Steelers, uh, surprisingly, um, I don't know if you I don't know if you've talked to Amelia yet. I know her being a Steelers fan. I'm sure she was very happy this afternoon. The Steelers beating the Bills in Buffalo, a surprise to many, I think. And maybe the Steelers aren't going to decline like we thought they were this year. They're now one to know. The Ravens just in play tomorrow night, Monday night football against the Raiders out in Las Vegas. Your your thoughts from what you saw in the AFC North today and the Ravens Raiders matchup tomorrow? Uh, I think you're absolutely right. You know, maybe the Steelers aren't the pushover team that we thought they might be this year. You know, Big Ben always seems to pull a rabbit out of his hat. I don't, I don't know how he does it at this, uh, you know, at the at his age. But you know, look at Tom Brady; he's still doing it. And I think Ben Roethlisberger is trying to replicate what he's doing. But uh, you know, they have really good weapons on the offense and defense, so it's not really a surprise to see them have that success. But going against Buffalo in Buffalo, I mean, I think that's a huge win. And so, week three, if we go in Chicago next week, I, I mean, I'm already getting ahead of myself, and I told the players they shouldn't get ahead of themselves. But um, going to week three, say both teams are two and zero. That could be a huge game. Um, yeah. You know, maybe maybe future playoff implications implications down the line. Whoa. Um, oh. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But uh, yeah, like we mentioned the Browns. I think Baker Mayfield Mayfield he can't step up in those big moments. Um, so we'll see if you know maybe he can do what he did last year and play well and turn it around. But we'll see. And the Ravens and Raiders game. I'm taking the Ravens easily over the Raiders. Um, Lamar Jackson's too good. Uh, I just don't think that. Oakland's or uh, sorry, Las Vegas's defense is going to be able to stop Lamar Jackson in this uh, offense. Even with all the injuries, I still think that they're going to find a way to get the most out of their running backs and Latavius Murray and um, uh, Devontae Freeman. Raiders defense has been a concern for that franchise for many years. They did have a good uh, offseason, though. They signed Yannick Nagakwe for their defensive line, Carl Joseph in the back end of this in their secondary. So you never do know. I am going with the upset tomorrow night, Justin. I'm going to pick the Raiders. They. For whatever reason, the last two seasons, they have started off very well. And last year, week two, Monday Night Football, they beat the Saints in a game that maybe they shouldn't have won, but they did, or weren't supposed to win, but they did. And that's why I'm going to pick the Raiders tomorrow night. But uh, again, just a a tremendous win for the Bengals going forward, generating some momentum to start the season exactly what you want. This team's here to compete. And if if there was any doubts about Joe Burrow, if there was any doubts he was going to come out rusty today uh, he put those aside quickly 20 of 27 261 two touchdowns and jamar chase uh justin to quote joe burrow i thought he dropped everything i think we were wrong we were very wrong the media was very wrong pro football talk was very wrong um well they're always wrong with the Bengals. i feel like they're always wrong yeah Maybe. it was awesome to see i think that jamar chase is a unique talent and you know, the sky's the limit with this group right now. I mean, I think they can really accomplish some really big things. 27-24, they win in overtime. Justin, thank you for joining me tonight uh, on the phones here. This has been the Welcome to the Jungle podcast. For Justin Cashman, I'm Alex Frank. We'll talk to you after next Sunday's game against the Chicago Bears from Soldier Field in the Windy City. Until then, talk to you next Sunday night. Good night.